Welcome to the official It's All Dead podcast. The music is dead. Long live the music. Welcome to the official It's All Dead podcast. I am Kyle Hawk, editor-in-chief at itsalldead.com, and we're very happy you've joined us today for the latest episode of our podcast. I'm joined today by our good friend Brock Benefiel, who, uh, if you listen to our podcast or visit our site, uh, you've heard him, you've read his words. He's been on the podcast a couple times before, talking about Kanye and Drake. He did a really great uh, review of Kendrick Lamar's To Pimp a Butterfly, which was our album of the year for It's All Dead for 2015. But he is back with us today. Brock, welcome to the It's All Dead podcast. Kyle, so excited to be back. And especially excited to be back talking about Kanye. Yeah, so that's that's the big news. We're talking about Kanye West. And, uh, you know, after doing that whole podcast we did, it's been over a year ago now, the, the Monster Podcast, where we broke down his whole career. <laughs> what more is there to say? Well, there's actually quite a bit more, and the reason is uh, he has announced that his new album, Swish, I mean, I guess he's announced that it's coming out February 11th. That's the way everybody's taken it. That's the way everybody's understanding uh, this to be, is that uh, his new album, Swish, is going to drop in a couple weeks, February 11th. So we're really excited about it. And we're going to do a podcast when the album drops after we've had a chance to digest it. But first, there's so much... We, there's like I feel like we could do a series of podcasts. Like the next season of Serial could be sure. about the this past year waiting for this Kanye West album. Um, like a Tim part special, like uh, instead of making a murder, like making, yeah. <laughs> making, making a swish. <laughs> exactly. Because so... Let's rewind. I, there's a lot to discuss, including an album or a new song that just dropped. There's been a lot of songs because it seems like the Good Friday series is back. So we want to talk about those songs and what this means for the album when, and what we're expecting. But uh, before we do that, I kind of want to rewind a little bit and go back to last year, about this time around New Year's, when he dropped Only One uh, out of the blue. And it felt at the moment, I, I remember we were texting and talking at, at that time, it felt like, yeah. uh-oh, there's a Kanye album that's about to drop. Sure. And everybody was getting that vibe. I mean, take me back to what you were thinking a, a year ago when that happened. Well, I think there were a couple things that stood out right when uh, that happened. I don't even remember even going back just a few months before that. We had heard that it might be possible that a Kanye album would come out before the end of 2014 mm-hmm. and we, we knew that was possible and we knew that he had been recording with Paul McCartney right yeah and then when only one comes out we know it's a co-produced track with Paul McCartney and it's dropping on New Year's Day which seemed to be right around the time frame as when the album was expected to drop yeah. I thought we were about to get I thought we were about a month away from an album so yeah. one I thought that track was incredible mm-hmm. um, I thought it was there was a sense of direction that this was a huge departure from Jesus, right? Yep. And it was cool and interesting, and, and the idea that he was co-producing these tracks with Paul McCartney. And I mean, there was the rumor out there that he, uh, he he had done the whole album with Paul McCartney. Right. And that seems like that that collaboration wasn't as fruitful as we might have, we might have hoped or imagined. Uh, but I was just, I thought we were where we are right now. And, uh, and I know we're going to go on and on into the year but it just the excitement I had uh, when that track dropped hasn't been matched until really today yeah well I mean so the thing I remember as we discussed on the original Kanye podcast as we've talked about I mean relentlessly in the time since is my love of 808s and heartbreak and I felt like with only one and early on I my 
take was we're getting like the happy version of 808s and heartbreak yeah. or something with this new album because that song dropped then he did that performance of wolves and then he did a, a shorter performance of that for that snl 40th anniversary that happened i think last february um and it started to feel like you were getting that vibe because it was like rapid fire you had only one wolves uh four or five seconds dropped which yeah. i still don't really know whether that was supposed to be a rihanna single or sure. a kanye single it was all day so like all at once even before spring hit last year we were getting a lot of stuff and it started to feel like it was rounding out like he was preparing us for just the sonic feel of what the album was going to be and at that time he was actually calling it so help me god which i thought was perfect um, and so, I, I mean, were you getting that vibe at that point? Like, this is the direction he's taking it. This is what's going to happen. And this album could drop any day. Well, I think I got more confused as the other songs came out. Because once I saw mm. the performance of Wolves on SNL, once All Day came out, and then Four or Five Seconds, to me, uh, when you lump only one in there, those are four distinct, distinctly different directions. I mean, I yeah. think well, there's probably some, some similarities between Wolves and All Day, there's some similarities between Only One and Four or Five Seconds, but I thought, I think maybe you use the word rounding out, or you use the phrase rounding out, maybe that's a good way of looking at it, but that seemed to be uh, a more inclusive idea of what this this album might be, yeah. rather than sort of the Yeezus feeling, which sort of has like a clean arc and right. has a, a real clear sense of direction. I thought maybe this was more of a... Uh, uh, an ensemble of emotions <laughs> that yeah. Kanye was preparing for the album. Well, you remember, I, it's hard because of Yeezus, because we get that album and it is very, uh, all those songs fit together very well. There's right. not a lot of guest spots, whereas uh, My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy was loaded with right. guest producers, guest rappers, guest vocalists. I mean, all these people, it was this hugely collaborative process and not to say that Yeezus wasn't but it those t are very two distinct things Yeezus felt like this is Kanye and I'm doing this on my own and then you know Rick Rubin steps in at the end and <laughs> does whatever he does whereas I so in these new songs we were getting I was feeling the, that collaborative nature start to come back into it especially I mean Wolves had Sia um I mean, and, you know, Paul McCartney was working on this. You had Rihanna. It started to feel like this is going to be one of those albums that has all these... It's like a pop culture collaboration, sure. conglomeration sure. of people and personalities, I guess. The kind of uh, patchwork quilt that Kanye is known for in, yeah. in some of his best albums. Yeah. So I... I guess where the conversation really starts then is about midway through the year is, you know, you and I keep talking and everybody's talking like any day, you know, maybe it's this week, maybe it's tomorrow, the album's going to drop. Suddenly, uh, not only does he kind of start to go radio silent for a while, the appearances stop, uh, there's no new music coming, and then he tweets that he's going to change the name of the album to Swish, and nobody really knows if they're able to take him seriously because that's such a weird and kind of boring thing to name your yeah, album. Yeah, everyone thought it was terrible. Um, yeah, and it just felt... I don't know if all of that kind of drove him away or drove him back into the studio or what, but it, he kind of... From that point on, it seemed like all through the summer and the fall, his interviews were all about the fashion world. He was doing a lot of stuff in France. Like, he was kind of, it was just a weird turn from like, this album's about to drop to like, this album may not come out for another two years. Right. I don't know if I remember such a stark feeling, like a, a shift happening with an artist where I feel like this is about to happen to like, I have no clue if this is ever going to happen. Right. Did you ever have any serious doubts that you might never hear another Kanye West album? Man, that's a tough question. I 
I don't think I let myself go there. I'm not saying that maybe the thought or the question wasn't being asked in my head, but I never let myself like believe that, I don't think. I feel like we had about a 20... 30% chance of, of Jesus being the, the final really? chapter in the, in the Kanye saga. Man, that's a whole nother podcast. I, I know. It's like, what if Jesus was the last album? Because I I don't think I would have been able to handle that as well. I mean, it, because that doesn't, that's, that doesn't seem right. That doesn't seem like a closing chapter to me. And on, I mean, obviously, like, Kanye has the artistic freedom to do whatever he wishes, but I, I felt like there was more. Um, and so, suddenly... Uh, a lot of stuff has started happening, which you know leads us into the the tentative release date of February 11th coming up. But it seemed like Good Fridays are back. I mean, I think that's what Kim Kardashian tweeted basically or shared in some interview yeah. that Good Fridays were back, and he's started releasing new songs, which to me sound nothing like the the stuff that we got at the early part of last year. Um, what have what's been your thoughts, I guess, on some of the new songs that uh, that have come out in the past few weeks up on SoundCloud? We just we literally before the podcast started, we literally just played "No More Parties in L.A." It's a, and then yeah, "No More Parties in L.A." "No More Parties in L.A." Um, that seems I've got I'm of two minds on that track. Um, one, I thought that was that's an exceptional play, an exceptional <laughs> display of just like a rap performance. Yeah. It seems remarkably unproduced. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, more raw than I would have expected from a Kanye right. track if it's to appear on the album. Um, the two tracks that appeared before, right before New Year's and the one right after, um, both to me didn't seem like they were, it, they weren't album tracks. It's like kind of when he yeah. released Ham or some of the stuff that came out for Good Fridays. Yeah. It was just sort of creative expressions I think he wanted to get out that weren't made for the album. Um, so it's interesting to me that in this ramp up we seem to be getting I think we're probably going to get a few album tracks and we're going to get a few that are that are just kind of throwaway tracks I agree. Um, and I think that's exciting I think it's the way he's using SoundCloud and the way he is tossing out singles for free seems to be um, kind of a smart marketing decision on his, on his point because yeah, he's, well, he's essentially not he's not doing the mixtape right but that, that's what I'm wondering about you say a smart marketing decision but who think about like the place we're in right now as far as the way people consume media who is putting their tracks up on SoundCloud it's not somebody of the stature of Kanye West right like it's hard to like you mentioned how unpolished some of it feels and yeah. how it doesn't really feel like it's mastered or maybe there's still some production work needed. So he's it doesn't to me that doesn't seem like Kanye to put up unfinished tracks and here once a week I'm going to put up a new song on SoundCloud like SoundCloud seriously <laughs> like Drake released his mixtape overnight yeah. on iTunes. You know what I mean? Like this it seems weird to me. It feels strange. But I think there's there's always um, as elitist as maybe. Uh, you might view Kanye in terms of his, his uh, production capabilities or, or uh, his personal stance on himself. Um, <laughs> there's a there's a real populism to his music, right? And I think that mm-hmm. there's uh, it's not comp- totally unlike what we saw previously with Good Fridays and releasing some music that maybe was a little more polished than what we have uh, with the SoundCloud stuff, but it's still this idea of um, giving people a little sample and... Uh, yeah, not really being too precious about about the album before the album actually comes out. But just, I, I guess my way of thinking is, like, people are excited for this album. You know, people like us, we've been waiting, you know, for the past year expecting it to drop any day. 
Kanye has the resources to do some mind-blowing rollout of an album that puts like literally everybody else to shame. Like, oh, you're going to release your album overnight, or oh, you're going to do this or that. I'm going to do this thing that you never would have expected, and some huge like sort of viral rollout of like, you know, I, I don't know. I'm just thinking there's got to be like a more creative or fascinating way to make this happen and lead up to the release of this album than just putting some unfinished songs up on SoundCloud. But I don't know. I don't know if I agree because I, he's made the American Psycho film that comes out before Jesus, right? He's done the uh the song lead up. I don't I don't know I don't know that he needs to be more um precious about the events surrounding the album anymore. I think his discography is what ultimately he'll be judged by yeah and i think at the end of the day he just wants a great album to come out that is interesting because you could almost i guess in that way you could almost view kanye kind of looking out at at hip-hop uh in some ways as far as just some of the i don't know i guess maybe the flash and and flair of it and the the stuff artists have been doing the past couple years um i mean drake comes to mind i don't know why i keep going back to him but i feel like he's kind of been the penultimate guy of the past two years of like being everywhere and yeah. doing all these crazy unexpected things and he's, awesome things and so Kanye is almost like stepping back and just here's my songs yeah I think I mean it's it. look if Drake and Kanye are never going to compete on who is the most pro- prolific rapper right. right that's easily Drake's game um, but I still think uh, this kind of goes back to things that we, we've heard about Kanye for a really long time which is that he's ex- exceptionally Obsessed with everyone's opinion on his music, right? So yeah. it's like the, the Aziz and Sorry joke about him coming over to Kanye's house to visit once, right? And he's asking, you know, he's playing tracks for him of himself at his own house, like asking Aziz and Sorry's opinions yeah. on Kanye's tracks, right? Like I think this this is part of his creative process. It's it's releasing small samples that are not con- fully con- not fully conceived, but conceived uh, mixtapes. He's not putting out things. That are um, that are fully produced. He's putting out things that are unfinished, right? There's a clear difference. Yeah. Those songs are are in in the creative process, right? And I think that's kind of fascinating. And that's that is something that no one else is doing. And I think for an artist at at his point, he doesn't have to worry about um, too many gimmicks. And I think that's kind of, a, in, in its own way, a kind of a sound marketing strategy. Yeah, uh, you've convinced me. That actually makes <laughs> a lot of sense. Um, what, what's funny to me, I don't know if you saw this, but a couple Fridays ago when he released uh, Real Friends up on SoundCloud, and then like he took it down 15 minutes later and like tweeted out, like, hey, all the rippers out there, you know, don't don't put that one out there. I'm going to re-upload. I need to change something. I'm going to put it back yeah. out, then rip that one and share it. Like he's, that was hilarious to me. Cause like he's openly just out on the internet tweeting shit, like openly admitting like, Hey, I know you're going to rip this track and put it up other places on the internet, but don't do that one because right. that's not the one I want you to do that right. to. Like, that's like the perfect Kanye thing for me. I saw that. I'm <laughs> like, that is exactly Kanye. Well, it's exceptional. That's, that's probably um, a track that gets cut, right? It's probably yeah. one of those tracks that are, it's definitely negligible if it makes the album, um, and so you've got the the inherent contradiction of someone that's putting out some of their weaker stuff and then being precious about about how it's yeah. consumed once it's out, right? Yeah. Okay. So now we need to talk about no more parties in L.A. because this is Brock just listened to this that we're recording this 
uh, on a Monday, uh, January 18th. And uh, to my knowledge, there, there was like a clip of the track before, but the, the full track was released today, I think. Um, and I love it. Um, you're right, it's not polished. I don't think it's finished yet. But you're listening to it, and for like the first three minutes, you're thinking like, holy crap, like Kendrick's just going crazy. He's spinning fire. He's doing just what we expect Kendrick Lamar to do. And it's like, at that point, like, why would he put Kendrick's verse first, right? Because like, what is my, now what is my motive to listen to the next four minutes of this song? But Kanye like tears it up. Like his verse, I actually is better than Kendrick's. It's kind of a dirty move, really. It's unreal. Like, what were your thoughts on the on that? I mean, just from, like, a lyrical standpoint, like, he just went ape on that track. Right. Man. Well, I kept waiting for um, a chorus to pop in early. Yeah. I kept waiting for that to be... Uh, I didn't know what the runtime was when you started playing it, so mm-hmm. I expected a two-and-a-half, three-minute song. I expected it to be pretty clean to both have a, a you know a showcase verse yeah. um, and to have something in the beginning or toward the end that kind of let them play off of each other. And what you get is um, something more like the Rockwaller or Rock the Mic or some of those like those tracks that we loved in the mid-2000s yeah. where you just get a couple of your favorite rappers. Um, yeah. Just almost like it was like a freestyle moment. Um, but you're right. He, in, in a way, kind of sets up Kendrick Lamar uh, to lose in that yeah. battle, and he sort of brings his, his best game. This is something we've often talked about um, when we talk about Kanye. Is we we love him as a complete artist and as a producer. We don't always necessarily think of him as like a top five lyricist, uh, right. but man, he's just killed it on that verse. Yeah. And I think he, I think he, when you when you're taking someone like Kendrick Lamar, who is the undisputed uh, lyrical king of 2016. Uh, it's interesting that he would put him up on that track just to show you, like, oh, I can compete with the best. Yeah, and he has that one line in his... I don't even want to call it a verse. I mean, it's like 90 bars or something, but the whole... The line of, like, uh, the writer's block is over or whatever. Like, he's just... He's basically, like... He feels confident on that track in a way that it has... I don't feel like I've heard on uh, for a while now. But I I love that. And it's interesting because, you know... Kanye is still a really good MC. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I feel like he takes a lot of flack or maybe we've lifted him up in so many other areas that that one has dropped. And also because of things like on My Beautiful Trust of Fantasy, or like you look at other albums, he's willing to let a Nicki Minaj take over a verse and shine and be the talking point about a song or an album or a Lupe fiasco or whatever. He's He's been willing in the past to do that. And, he's, and for a guy like Kanye West, who's so obsessed with being the best, it's interesting... I've always found it interesting that he's willing to do that. He's like willing to let, okay, you're going to have this great verse. You're going to be something that's talked about in the song. But ultimately, this is a part of my big puzzle that I'm piecing together or whatever. But then on a track like this, like you mentioned, Kendrick is kind of the undisputed champion right now. And he lets Kendrick go first and then kind of annihilates him. And so that that to me is kind of, I like that. I, I really, I, I'll be interested to hear what that track sounds like once it's kind of rounded out and finished. Because there's no way... There's no way that's not making the album, right? I mean, right. That's got to be on the album. What's interesting, you you brought up um, Nicki, and I think there's several other examples throughout his entire career. Uh, the difference between a lot of the the rappers he allows to showcase is they they've never really been a threat to Kanye, right? From right. a lyrical standpoint, Kendrick is a huge threat. Yeah, and I think he has he has. Uh, a reputation for going on other people's songs and just annihilating the verse, whether it's Big Sean or Schoolboy Q yep. or even, you know, Jay-Z comes on his track. 
uh, and and he just destroys Jay Z on that track, and um, it's just so hilarious to yeah. see him finally get the long-awaited collaboration with Kanye West, and he basically gets set up to look like yeah. uh, like <laughs> The Apprentice, and it's, it's awesome, just hilarious. Yeah, it's it'd be really interesting to spend time like listening into a conversation between the two of them about any number of topics, really. But I feel like they are two huge voices, and I feel like they're both really aware of the other person. Oh, sure. And, and I, I would imagine if, if anyone, the number one fan uh, of of that track and and the entire direction it went was probably Kendrick Lamar. I think he probably yeah. loves the fact that, that Kanye still has his fastball and he's still yeah. able to, to beat him on his own Yeah, on, no, on absolutely. Um, so we've mentioned a number of songs here. What has been your favorite so far? What are you most, which song that we've heard are you most excited to hear within the context of the album or hoping that it makes the album? There's still the biggest part of me that wants all day Kanye. It just wants... Once yeah. the machismo and once the, <laughs> just the unapologetic, just like Philip Roth character that Kanye West can uh, inherit, um, it would definitely be more interesting if we got the only one album. Um, but there might be ten tracks on there that sound like sound like yeah. real friends. So mm-hmm. <laughs> you know that's yeah. the danger of that album. I'm even convinced uh, at this point that only one may not even make the album. Oh sure, know? yeah, I would I would be surprised at this point if it did. Um, but it's we're wide open, right? I mean, yeah. I you know you know that. I feel like we're going to get a more eclectic mix, like you said. Um, but we'll see. Who knows? Yeah. My favorite so far was Wolves. I, I remember when the rip of the performance of that song came out. Like, I was just playing it up over and over. I was fascinated with just the, the texture of that song. It felt like exactly what I wanted from Kanye at this point. Um, but the further we've gotten away from it, the more it feels like that's not going to be the vibe of the album. But I, I really hope that song does make the album because I I want to hear like a finished version of that song. Yeah, we've never it just feels. Uh, yeah, we've only we've only heard live recordings of it, right? There exactly. hasn't been any un, even an unpolished or unproduced mix released. So and think about and I and I've only seen the Saturday Night Live performance, but think about how much that's tied to the the performance, right? Yeah. So what would that sound like? What does that what does that track sound like, right? Right. And what is uh what would that feel like on an album? Yeah, definitely. What if um one thing I wanted to bring up um is this I the the growing amount of parallels between um this and the release of My Beautiful Dark Twist of Fantasy, the clear difference being um in all of the lead up to My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy, um, Kanye was in this low point of his career, and everything everything you heard was how exceptional uh, the the process was. You know, they're off in Hawaii. They're you know everyone's there. Mm-hmm. They're playing basketball and, yeah. and just recording music. And all of the the rumors were that this was going to be one of the great albums, and it obviously followed through to be one of the great albums of all time. Um, we're seeing in some ways a similar rollout to where you're getting these songs that are that are being released you're hearing different directions but there is almost uh, there's little to no excitement that that there's so much more uncertainty right that we're going yeah. in the right direction um, do you are you seeing the same thing and are, are you more worried that this could be his first dud I that's exactly the next thing I wanted to bring up because I think that that worry is real let me I want to throw out a scenario. <clears throat> here's my here's my conspiracy theory, I guess. I think that he had finished So Help Me God. I think that album was done, produced, 
check every it turned into the label i think everything was done because it was even that release that came out that somebody took a screen capture of that showed the track list and everything last right. year like i am fully confident an album was finished had been approved and put out and he second guessed himself i don't know whether it was something somebody said whether something happened but i th- or whether it was a reaction to some of the performances but i think that he went back and scrapped it and started over completely because he was so in his head fearing that that was the case and my worry is that in doing that, he scrapped a better album and in his panic, create an album that's actually not going to be as good and not going to meet our expectations anyway. Um, and that's my bold prediction here. And I say that not wanting that to be the case, but I think it's, I think it's totally possible uh, that that happens. Now, you know, if, if every song is just as stunning or jaw-dropping as No More Parties in L.A., then obviously I'll be proved wrong. But one of the things that's always made Kanye great to me is how cohesive all of his albums are and how much sense they all make. Um, my worry right now is that it's just going to be a, just a bunch of songs cobbled together that don't really fit or make sense. But maybe I'm not giving enough credit. Maybe I've overthought it because we've had a year to overthink it and try to figure out what's going on. I don't know. What do you yeah, think? Yeah, I mean, I think there's always a through line um, in a Kanye album. But I would say Dark Fantasy, um, Late Registration, and even College Dropout, like there's um, there's a patchwork to those as well. Um, and, and, I, and I think that that's, you're right, that's, that's, that's the most likely scenario. Going back to your conspiracy theory, I follow you 100% on that up until a certain point, which is I think they looked at, my guess is they looked at that album and he's looking at the what Pusha's putting out, he's looking at what Drake's putting out, what Kendrick's putting out, and he looked at that album and thought, this is too soft. This is, I'm mm. making my old man album, my, you know, yeah. away with the family album. And this is just not, <laughs> this is not the way yeah. to stay relevant in 2015. And he's thinking, well, why not leak a few of these tracks as opposed to putting the, the whole album out? You know, when he puts something out and he nails something to his discography, he wants that to last forever. And yeah. I think there probably wasn't enough for him to feel like he was uh, on top of the rap game with that album. So I think if he did scrap the album, that makes me more excited that we're gonna get interesting. We're gonna get an all-time great. Well, see, that's a good point because you you mentioned you know the the lead up to my beautiful dark twisted fantasy and remember when that album was being created, there were a number of things going on. Uh, one thing I think he was bouncing back. I think that he was bouncing back in his personal life. Absolutely. I think that he was pissed that nobody understood 808s and heartbreak because when that came out, nobody got it. Like now, everybody looks back on it and it's you know groundbreaking, right? Because it, it influenced so many people and so many different genres. Uh, I think he was mad that nobody got it. I think that he at that point was ready to stake his claim and be like, you know what, f everybody. Like he he's mad that nobody likes him. This is me going all in and pushing all the chips in the middle table here. All the people that are involved were putting together this masterpiece. Boom, here it is. Whereas you look at it now and he's you know he's married. He's got a kid he's got another kid on the way he's worked his way into the fashion industry like he's his life is way different now than it was a few years ago and that has to affect like the the time that you're able to invest in a project and the the product that comes out of that i mean there's no question there's no doubt that we wouldn't talk about 808s this despite how influential it is we wouldn't talk about 808s the same way as we do now if it wasn't for dark fantasy right yeah he had to have that album to show people 
that he was more than just a couple of early hits. Because if you remember, mm-hmm. obviously graduation, the critics were pretty were pretty split on that, and then people were were pretty split on 808s when it first came out. Right. So if there's not dark fin- fantasy to have a consistent, instant classic album, right? Yeah, uh, it, it would we would have looked at all those albums quite differently. And so I agree with you mm-hmm. now that he's on top of the throne. Uh, he needs a reason to release an album, right? And yeah. there probably isn't a compelling one. And, and that kind of goes back to the conspiracy theory. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, but the the thing is, like, okay, so much has changed. Can he force the, that? Can he force himself back into a place where he is going to put out an album that competes, that competes or combats like a Pusha T album or you know whatever else? I mean, is that? So, I mean, obviously, we have no way of knowing. That well, just as speculative. I he, mean, def- he definitely can, and I think um, bringing a Pusha T is. Um, that's a great example because that's obviously someone that that's that's one of Kanye's peers that's that's still doing it, still doing well. Having the example of Pusha, who's maybe you know released um, one of the the maybe the second best rap album of last year, um, that was just like a you know a, a prelude to what's coming this spring. Yeah. Um, seeing that example and then seeing Jay Z, who's literally unable to to pr- produce a great rap album anymore. Like yeah. Kanye, at the end of the day, he has a good taste and he knows. What, what a good album looks like and still is instrumental in making other great albums. So, yeah, he definitely has the ability. And I think if he's going to put something out, it's going to be... So your prediction is not a dud. How... Where do you think it's... Are, are you expect? I mean, this... We're just going to be wild speculation here. <laughs> Make a prediction. Is this an album we're going to discuss in the same conversation with Twist of Fantasy talking about is this one of the great Kanye albums or is it going to be, you know, an album that's kind of like, okay cool yeah i think it'll probably it's much more likely that this is going to be an okay cool album that this will mm-hmm. round out the bottom third of of the stuff that he's done um but there's no doubt we're 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 gonna obsess about this album for an entire yeah. year it's gonna appear <laughs> on every top 10 list it's gonna be great yeah. there's gonna be interesting things about it there are gonna be self-indulgent things about it um I'm, it, there's no there's no um it's the right way to put it. It's not like to pimp a butterfly, right? Where he is, mm-hmm. there's no cultural question that he has to answer, no, no thing about himself that he's got to prove. Yeah. So, under those conditions, it's not likely he's putting out uh, one of his greatest albums. But I'm sure we'll be obsessed with it. Yeah, no question about it. And uh, we're going to be so obsessed that we'll do another podcast once it releases to <laughs> break it all down. So, uh, Brock, I'm really looking forward to that. And thanks for taking the time to to do this pre-podcast uh, it's always great to have you on thanks man no one uh, no one brings summer in the wintertime quite like Kanye so I'm happy to be here <laughs> to discuss it alright Swish it's uh, allegedly coming February 11th we'll be back to talk about it then uh, for now check us out at itsalldead.com we got all kinds of great content there including stuff about Kanye check it out um, subscribe to our podcast you can find it by pulling up iTunes on your home computer or the podcast app on your smartphone search for It's All Dead hit the subscribe button leave us a review let us know how we're doing I'm Kyle Hawk that's going to do it for this episode of the official It's All Dead podcast thanks for joining us we'll catch you next time thanks for listening to the official It's All Dead podcast you can download our podcast at iTunes and find exclusive music news and content at www.itsalldead.com. Dot com.